Look! It's bowling! Folks, that cheer you're hearing is for local favorite bowling of the Fire Ferrets. Let's see if we can get a quick interview. Bowling! Bowling, the Fire Ferrets are out for the season. How have you been spending your time lately? Well, I took a trip south for the Glacier Spirits Festival, was briefly engaged to a princess, then went through kind of a tough breakup there, was accidentally involved in a civil war. <coughs> but there's nowhere I'd rather be than pro-bending night in Republic City. Am I right, people? Republic City! Do you miss being in the ring? Well, I definitely don't miss getting hit with things all the time. And the humiliating losing. I mean, that gets pretty old. You know, sometimes I actually cry myself to sleep. <coughs> I guess what I miss the most are these fans! They're the greatest fans in the world! Give it up for the fans! Welcome back once again to the Bitter Jurors Podcast. We are a queer Legend of Korra Superfan Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Grinding, and I am joined by the Alpha Lemur himself, Sam Stanish. Monkey Boy, uh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what you were going to say. <laughs> you know, I like to keep it guessing. Um, but we are not alone, um, unlike uh, our heroine by the end of this episode. Um, we are joined by an esteemed person who I would hope would never snitch on the Avatar. Uh, it's Gabby Pescuzzi. Snitches get stitches! <laughs> Bitches! I think... <laughs> no, I would never. <laughs> like, who, why would anyone do that? Who would do, I mean, we know who would do that. But, mm-hmm. you know, just confusing decisions by, I, he's not our boy. He's. I'm sure he's someone's boy, but. Uh, he's Maka. not our boy, and mm-hmm. he did that to our girl. He did, and that's unacceptable. But we are, of course, talking about the events of uh, Chapter 5 of Book 2 of Legend of Korra, uh, Peacekeepers, is what this episode is called. Okay, well, it's a bit of an ironic name. <laughs> we spent all episode <laughs> trying to find an army, go to war, and war profiteering, and creating propaganda, and then they got the, they couldn't get an army, so they started to try to get a different army. Not really keeping the peace. Yeah, it's yeah, no. Uh, it's like I, I like it's for sure like a good thing that they're like trying to amass an army for like an occupied country. Um, but it's not great that it's like Asami's solely motivated because she just wants money. <laughs> She's like, Well, I just need to make cash. And they're like, you know what makes cash war profiteering? And you know, the ultimate girl boss, I think, is here. Yeah. I, I pretend I do not see it. I pretend I do not see it when I see Asami selling war machines for profit. It's it simply didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I actually don't have any idea what you're talking about. We're much better about um, like sticking up for our friends than uh, Mako is. Um, but we'll yeah. get to that later mm-hmm. in the episode. Oof. Okay, but you know, on a lighter note, we get to once again. Well, I guess also speaking of problematic faves, Lin Bei Fong is back uh, at the top of this episode. I think we all are yeah. excited for that. We needed her. <laughs> we did. I missed her. Yeah. 
<laughs> she's a queen. She's not. I bad. missed her steely, steely demeanor. Yes, in more ways than one. Her steely demeanor and her steely couture. Yeah. Her. Oh, yeah. Her steely gray hair. She's just. <laughs> she's just a steely woman. She is. You know, I. I it's would like not be surprised if it was all. Yes, and her like definitely like very Mugler, rest in peace, like armor. We live for her. Yes. Um, <laughs> even if she is a cop, whatever. Um, yeah, I, they really took the, they were like, hmm, well, people love this cop character at the end of book one. What if we made one of our other characters into a cop too? Uh, doubling <laughs> down on the police precinct plot lines possible. <laughs> yeah, but the, the good news is that um, the police are like just as bad at their job as they are in real life. <laughs> In the Avatar world, so like it's it's okay mm-hmm. because we can laugh at them for it's, being bad at their job, mm-hmm. and they do like a lot more property damage because there's like fireballs flying everywhere. So much. I like yeah. the part where they directly answered to the president. <laughs> the chain of command is really blurry here. The president is going to meet with the chief of police. Yeah, and. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> Mako, I guess, answers directly to him. I don't know. It's weird. Um, very but, hands-on president in this episode. He's yes. very hands-on. Mm-hmm. And he has a great purple coat. Like, you know, I. it's like they, the show does a good job of, like, uh, clothing these, like, very problematic people in, like, amazing outfits. I live for it. Um, no, one, no one gets left behind in the fashion... No. Fashion realm. <laughs> Unalak, if that is the name of the northern chief, uh, assigns his children to go and collect the dolls, uh, go get Cora back from Republic City. I feel like they're really trying to do an Azula thing here. Um, and Gabby, do you feel like it's working for you? What are they trying to do? Like in his, like they're trying to make a new Azula. I feel with the Aubrey Plaza oh, character. Oh yeah, yeah, with uh, with Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sure. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah, like tears streaming down her face. Like mm. I could see her cutting her own hair. Um, <laughs> I mean, I live for Aubrey Plaza, but. I don't love Eska as much as Azula. <laughs> yeah, all girl, bo- girl bosses are not created equal, and I think that it should work on paper. Like Aubrey Plaza as like a jilted lover with yeah. Euphoria makeup on. Like we're we're so down for that, alleged. But it's like <laughs> in theory we would be, but it's just like I don't know. It's just not giving, as the children say. Speaking of Euphoria, I did watch all of it in the time between our last episode and this one. So I'm wow. very in the, you know, teenage romance, uh, melodramatics uh, chic here with Legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're meeting Legend of Korra where it's at, I think, right now. Um, spirit monsters and all. But they also yeah, they should have a couple more spirit monsters and Euphoria. I think that would really fit well. <laughs> Like one or two, I think I would. I think everyone would live for that. Um, but uh, our, our main conflict as we come into this episode is Cora 
has decided she no longer wants to be neutral, which is like totally understandable because why would you want to be neutral in a situation where there's like clearly an aggressor? Um, but Mako has decided that he must be the bastion of uh, neutrality for Korra. Uh, he just like always is making the worst choice in everything. Um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hate him. <laughs> he Big is. Fan. Like, he thinks he's lawful good. Oh, I don't actually know. I just hate, I actually just hate anything under the lawful. Like, don't be lawful. <laughs> be chaotic. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just break the rules a little bit. Like, you think you're doing the right thing. He thinks he's being lawful good. And you're losing the picture. You're losing the picture, hun. <laughs> he's a little lost in the sauce. Yeah, he's become like a cultist. Like he's only been a police officer for like a month. Like he's like, I have a job that I have to do, and it's like, what's this when? Like you had to. All he's done this whole season has been like go behind Cora's back to male figures of authority and like work with them as opposed to help her <laughs> accomplish her goals. He's threatened by her. He's dating the Avatar. He's he's threatened. His masculinity is threatened. And he tattletales. Mm-hmm. That is lame behavior. <laughs> Tattletailing is so uncool. It is. Wow. I hadn't even noticed that like thread where like last episode where it seemed like a I don't know, like he all he really said to Cora's dad, um, Tuna Loktar. Vaughn, whatever his name is, I don't know. Um, the hot one. It, it, like he all he said was like, I'll watch Cora, which is like pretty benign, sure, but it is also about like undermining Cora and also like che- like getting her father's blessing. Wow. Um so I don't know. He's such like such a simp for these like daddies. I don't get <laughs> it. It's it's just like look, it, Cora is literally the avatar and is in full command of the avatar state. If she is in danger, Mako is not going to be able to do anything. <laughs> the only way he feels powerful is like by using his position, like political mm-hmm. and societal pull because he knows he could never be as strong or powerful on the inside as Cora, which is where it matters. And yeah, he's just a little bitch. (laughs) Now that Cora is opposing opposing Unlock, I would be worried about him flipping. Yeah, like he's really not shown that much loyalty. (laughs) Like that's the one thing that you maybe should be demonstrating as the Avatar's boyfriend. She's like a little bit of loyalty. He would, he would cheat and he kind of does cheat. Sort of. And he already did like on Asami. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember if that episode had happened yet. Cause I watched a couple of them in a row. Um, Yeah, exactly. Loyalty is not there for this man. Yeah. These, these Makos ain't loyal. Oh, um, <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, uh, but, but you know, uh, we can move on. I, I don't know. I feel like we're trashing Mako. Um, I don't think there's such thing as like doing it too much. Um, but you know, let's focus take on a the break. pause up here. Yes, yeah. let's like, t- like take a breather. We will definitely come back to this. <laughs> um, I, but meanwhile, oh yes, go ahead, Sam. Oh no, I just Stop. was going to say, yeah, like I love Cora jumping in here to mm. lead the peace march with the Southern Tribe. Thought that was a very interesting 
part of the episode that got sidelined by an explosion, but I really liked the like tensions that I didn't realize there were so many Southern and Northern tribe people in Republic City. Like, obviously, that's who the waterbenders are, but I guess I just thought that they were like Republic City waterbenders. Um, but there's a whole contingent of Southern benders who are like who want to like show their resistance against Unalak, uh, and then a bunch of Northern tribe people also show up to like oppose them and be like, grr. Let us occupy you. (laughs) Yeah, what's their skin in this game, honestly? If they're like, like I get like people who like have family down the Southern Water Tribe, you don't want your family being like hostily taken over. But it's like, if you're a Northerner, like, why do you care? (laughs) Like, you're not gaining anything from this. Whatever. They're just a bunch of tools. If only the conflict had been further fleshed out and we understood why it was happening. Yeah, I I caught up on the last couple episodes of BJ um, Mm. for this season, and I was so, like, relieved that I'm not the only person that was confused by the political, just, like, I guess one might call it, like, the story, like, the (laughs) plot of the show, I guess you could say. I was mostly confused by the plot, and um, I just watched this season, I just rewatched all of Korra when I came on with you guys for the first season after that I just binged everything and it's like just because I watched this season a month ago does not guarantee that I'm going to remember any part of it (laughs) and I didn't and I don't understand it any better on this third watch through than I did on the first like I don't really get why there's a civil war breaking out I mean, I know why it's happening, but why is it like seeming like it's this this two sided thing? They they've really both sided us. Yes. Pretty only, clear cut. The only explanation that I remember, and I've now watched the episodes and spoken about them for an hour each. But like, I like the only conflict that I am aware of is that the northern tribe is a more spiritual tribe, and they want the southern tribe to follow their spiritual practices but that doesn't really carry through into anything further since that like idea was introduced like all then ever after they said that and then all of a sudden it's like the southerners are kicked out of their homes and unalak is the tribe chief now and we're never going to talk about like their spiritual practices ever again i guess i don't know yeah it's like seems like almost like the show like doesn't even want to bother with like the surface like they just want to focus on the fact that it is subterfuge on the part of Unalak and like don't want to bother like even like pretending like anything else is going on which makes our heroes look like even dumber for like not instantly realizing that this is what's happening like it's purely just a power grab um but I don't know I, I feel like that's why I more preferred I guess like this episode because it was more I guess just about like the characters just trying to figure out what to do in response to a nonsensical situation mm-hmm. um, and less about like whatever the fuck Unilog's uh, justifications for it are. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, this episode was, I, I mean, we don't have to wrap it up just yet. <laughs> We've got a whole lot of the episode <laughs> to talk about, but um, I was very, it was, I was up and down on this episode throughout. It was kind of a roller coaster for me as far as how much I was enjoying it and how much sense I felt it was making. (laughs) (laughs) I think the ups for me were mostly pokey related. Um, 
as I feel like we agreed on that last week as well. Like the strongest to me, at least like parts of the, that episode um, were anything to do with like Tenzin, the air siblings, like all that stuff was a lot more interesting. Um, And I think that holds true here because we have a really fucking adorable lemur to look at for like a good check of this episode. It is so adorable. <laughs> Pokey, like, like I gotta. I mean, I we all love Momo. I'm a pro Momo person, obviously. However, gotta say the new lemur designs, huge step up. Um, always been more of a ringtail than as I call them a Zabumafu style lemur. Don't know what they're actually called, um, but you know, gotta like the the lemurs have been yassified. Um, yeah, they have. They have. <laughs> it was a good they're choice. Very cute. I can very much understand yes. wanting want to have one to do tricks for you. Yes. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's a cute little, like, subplot. It's, like, supposed to be, I guess, about how lonely it is being a teacher for Tenzin. Um, but, like, the real story is that, like, these lemurs are really cute, and Milo is also adorable. Yeah, that story, um, I feel like it really played with my expectations be by being exactly what it said it was gonna be like (laughs) i they in this first scene like milo is talking to his lemur and he's like roll over intends it's like well he's never gonna learn that way like like this will never be the way you teach your lemur to do the things you want it to do and then throughout tenzin still has that sort of ideology where he's sort of like this is the way to teach someone how to do something. And then at the end of the episode, Milo succeeds by doing what Tenzin said. Like it was never, it was never like Milo's <laughs> ideas have merit too. It was like, Tenzin's a really good teacher and he knows how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But he just needs to loosen up a little too. Okay. Yeah. And that it can go too far. You can then <laughs> yeah. control an army of lemurs. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. Again, I don't see the negative there. Like that seems like a great thing to have. But I, I don't know. I I just enjoyed it. I thought it was cute. It was fun. I, a lot more interesting, I think, than I, watching, like you said, like people blow up buildings for weird reasons. And like, <laughs> um, yeah, we get this I, like whole scene of, oh, yeah, go ahead. I just also liked it because it was a smaller plot line. It was mm. like, they have like a seven cat character cast at the Southern Air Temple, plus all of like the background monks. But they only even have Tenzin and Milo speak like nobody else even was involved which was cool Mm -hmm. small you know small stakes but you know big heart we love that um meanwhile Cora's getting booed and told to get a real job um which i thought was hilarious (laughs) like why is that your response to the avatars like go and get employed somewhere like what do you mean by that (laughs) yeah there was a lot of talk this episode about Cora being her job and it's like I don't think that's the way you should be looking at it. <laughs> like, this isn't like your gig. It's not like a gig economy in the Avatar universe. It's like you were born to be the Messiah of the universe, and you have to do that. She's not getting paid. Yeah, she's. Yeah. It's not like there's not like an app where you can call up Cora to do like a task for you. <laughs> yes. She's not on Fiverr. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's yeah, coming I, in the modern day. In in two cycles of the Avatar, we'll have a more modern day situation, and the Avatar will be responding to viral tweets. I'm sure the Avatar will like be on Cameo, <laughs> <laughs> like, "Hey, what's up? I was told it was your birthday today. Here's some firebending." 
<laughs> I, I do feel so like Asami is smart and will recommend Cora, you know, invest in some futures and stocks in order to provide for her iterations of herself. Mm, wow. That makes me scared that like Asami's like a crypto bro in the making. I don't want to believe that of our girl. But I think there's like, no way she's to... not involved in crypto. <laughs> there, there's it's a like danger a... there. Yes. <laughs> it's less of a quadra thing. Uh, knows crypto, does crypto, that thing. Asami yeah. definitely knows how crypto, crypto is and has cryptocurrency. like i i know we just want to believe the best of our heroes but i i I, it's hard to deny that that i think every other main character is like doesn't know what crypto is and is not i i feel like it's like mako doesn't know what it is but does it and then everyone else is kind of (laughs) because he's like just a bad person and then everyone else is kind of in the like doesn't know what it is and does not partake I don't know because I feel like Cora might. I mean, Bo, I feel like Bolin, in the way that he's now being involved in propaganda, I feel like mm-hmm. he could be tricked into oh, buying crypto sorry. without knowing what it is. <laughs> yeah, doesn't know, but does do it. Mako yeah. thinks he knows, but he doesn't actually know how it works, and he does it. Cora mm-hmm. doesn't know and doesn't do it, but then Asami just like buys her some anyway. <laughs> yeah, she's very much the Grimes too. Asami's Elon. <laughs> like Asami will tweet something and Cora will tweet like get off your phone, come talk to me. Like bully that that moment, I think. Um but whatever. We we can stop talking about this hor- horrible thing. <laughs> and bo- sorry, one more thing. Bolin oh, yes. charges $150 on Cameo. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um cuz he knows the gays will buy them. Like he just knows that. Yeah. He oh, he has an OnlyFans. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, he has an OnlyFans. <laughs> and Mako <Yeah>. hates it. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad, we've, well, you're glad we've sorted that out. <laughs> Episode done. This is what we came to establish. Um, basically, what happened is Mako saw a firebender blow up the building. And then mm-hmm. he saw them drive away. And he has the machine. And he's like, Cora, I saw them. I saw who did it. <laughs> and Cora was like, yeah, it was obviously someone from the Northern Water Tribe. And then he was like, no, it was a firebender. I saw them. And I fought them. And she was like, it's definitely the Northern Water Tribe. Who else would it be? <laughs> and it's like, Mako fought the guy. <laughs> it's not a Northern Water Tribe guy. I mean, to be fair, li- like literally her uncle did fi- hire like firebenders to attack the northern, like the that wood, it, like the spirit woods, whatever they're called. Um, You're right. So I get it. Yeah, I, I, I. The only thing that I agree with Mako in this is like he. Everyone is being really dumb, and he is at least trying to figure it out. And just like no one's listening to him, and they're gaslighting him a little <laughs> bit. And that I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, it's okay when it happens to him, honestly, because he's, like, doing it in service of, like, a bad thing. Yeah. He's like, no, guys, this man who's, like, a, like a uh, um, like trying to create a police state and, like, taking over, like, hostily taking over uh, the Southern Water Tribe, we got to hear him out. He's not all that bad, guys. He didn't blow up this building. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Mako is, like, realizing that the police, like, that it's like a bureaucracy and it's not easy to like actually do the detective work and like there's corruption in it, but then he like, doesn't do anything about it. He's just like, 
he just continues, you know, he doesn't really go rogue. He just like continues bootlicking. Yeah. <laughs> he goes the opposite of rogue. Yeah. <laughs> he saw a structure collapsing and went over to hold up the power structure, just like trying to make sure everything stays the exact same and nothing changes. <laughs> exactly. Like he's, who's the, like the opposite of Rogue's character in X Men? That's who he is. That he's going whatever that character is. Oh, mm. Sam, we're waiting patiently. Look, I well, I don't really. Yeah, no, I don't know. Rogue, Rogue the X Men <laughs> character, the opposite of that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're our X Men uh, correspondent, so you better yeah, come up with I'd, something quick. I feel like just because her name is Rogue, like, I don't feel like she really goes Rogue that frequently. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, uh, uh, Yeah, so Mako decides to be a super cop, as, like, literally the other cops call him. Like, even they're making fun of how much he, like, wants to be a cop, which is pretty (laughs) sad. like, you dork. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, meanwhile, our, our boy Boleyn is, like we said, becoming part of the propaganda machine, um, bearing skin for movers, as Varric calls them, um, and definitely partaking in some like questionable, like casting decisions. I like as I was watching this, I was like, is this an intentional sort of like send up of the movie? Of like, I mean, obviously Bolin's like not white, but it's like his he's like not from the Southern Water Tribe, which like had like they have a specific like darker skin tone, so it's like it's like kind of whitewashing in that sense, like in his, terms of skin tone like is were they going for that i don't know it's kind of weird i do think it's an intentional reference to that um even though they don't I, at least in this episode they haven't talked about it as being incorrectly racial casting and actually i don't know if you're following current day racial castings of the new avatar live action show but the guy who was cast and has been playing Sokka like paid money and lied on legal forms to be listed under a fake um, Native American tribe so that he could get casted on the Avatar show. Um, oh. So it's really constantly repeating itself. And this is even That's more malicious. <laughs> yeah. That is deeply nefarious and disturbing. <laughs> oh my God. What the hell? Oh my I, God. I wasn't following that at all. It's, it's a good thing the break removed themselves from the Netflix show. Ultimately, um, it seems wow. bad. Wow. Yeah, it seems. I like actually, a- I had not thought about that for Bolin, um, but that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was expecting Cora to be like, but like to make some sort of comment, but they just like are like, what the fuck ever. They can like tell the storyline does not matter, so they're just like, we're just gonna let this go, and let him do that while we go off and I profit war profiteer. Yeah, this does like brush pretty closely to stuff I'm real. I really like about fantasy stories or like teenage superhero stories where they become famous. Like I feel like that's such an interesting matrix to play with like when peter parker became known as spider-man in the most recent spider-man movie that i did not like uh, but like it's yes like, i have read your letterbox review okay well i kind of went off on that um but like i just like and i i love this kind of stuff where i like thinking about um how many instagram followers cora would have if she was like alive and, or if we were like to map that onto their universe 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what we were just talking about. Like with who would be, who would act which way on social media. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Bolin would definitely be like, have the most Instagram followers and um, also be the most like influencery. Like the way that he was so easily persuaded by Varric in this, just like he ate up the fame and he was also a natural. Like he was a natural when he would kind of be telling his stories in the stadium and people weren't liking it. And then he's like, and it's all because of my fans. Like <laughs> he would be a great reality TV contestant. He would, he would eat that shit up. He would go to every event and have every social media like i said have an only fans be thriving <laughs> he would he would be on love island he'd be on yes. the circle he'd be on all of that big brother absolutely um, mm-hmm. and i do he, think that yeah. the friend of an avatar would be able to you know easily maneuver that fame into starring in movies and this is what he did mm-hmm. so true he very much is, he's like the addison ray of <laughs> Wow. I, I don't even that know is, who that is, really. <laughs> me neither, but it sounds right. Yeah. Right? Bolin is the absent right. right of Cora, of that world. Okay. I think I'm right. <laughs> and I also Euphoria, like that like, at the TikTok, beginning. This is the Gen Z episode. <laughs> I like that at the beginning, they all like say what they're going to do for the episode. They're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And Bolin's left behind. And then like the thing that he, it's like, he has nothing better to do. So he becomes famous. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels right for him. You know, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, things, speaking of things that feel right by the end of this episode, we do no longer have Mako and Cora in relationship together, which is fantastic, I think, for everyone involved. For them, for us, for sure. That we because like I feel like every scene of them in a relationship is one of them like screaming at the other one or like making the other one feel horrible and unsupported. Um yeah, I agree. It's, they, I, it's so weird that this is like we've now seen their entire relationship like rise and fall and like <laughs> I really feel like the only time I was ever on their side was like one episode at the very beginning of book one before they had ever, like before Asami was even introduced as a character. And so <laughs> like it was so long ago. And then ever since then, they've literally just argued. And like, that is not making me want to root for them. No. Yeah. We were not rooting for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wrote, down what she says during the breakup which is like it was so intense she's like you betrayed me and my family (laughs) and she says you're always standing in the way of me getting stuff done and I was just like yeah men are always standing in the way of (laughs) me getting stuff done this is so relatable and like a very good reason to break up with somebody extremely especially when mako okay yeah to like i guess establish why this even breakup even happens which it should have happened for a million other reasons but what starts us all off is like we said mako's investigating he finds out that you know it's probably not unalak's doing or the northern water tribe's doing um in in this process he he learns from bolin that cora is planning to get general iroh to just send troops down to the south because the president rejected her um, and of course, Mako's first instinct is to wholly betray his girlfriend and literally everyone he knows in his life, um, because the president 
told him to. Um, this man who I guess he's probably met like once or twice, um, but he has his oath or what the fuck ever. Um, and just straight up snitches on her, which is like horrible. <laughs> like, can you imagine will... like, yeah. No, go for it. All right, I... Oh, I was just going to say, imagine like, like Sokka or Katara or Toph like doing this to Aang. Like what? <laughs> why? Why, why, why is this happening? I just can't understand how, like, like you're saying, not having devotion to Team Avatar over like some job you literally just started doing. Um, like, it is so unbelievable that Mako would do this, honestly. But I also feel like this whole plotline was so, I, I, like, really just like that. I really, really, really did not feel like the Korra tries to find an army plotline was very well done at all. Like. <laughs> Cora <laughs> and Varric go meet with the president because Varric is his number one donor. Like, that makes complete sense. Work. The president says, no, like, we're Republic City. We're not getting involved with that. I'm like, that makes sense, too. Cora's like, okay, well, we'll talk to the general then instead. And, like, General Iroh is immediately like, oh, yeah, well, why don't we just accidentally start a war instead? <laughs> and then, like, the president himself shows up to the meeting that meeting right there with them and he's just like you aren't allowed to bring anybody to bring any ships out of this dock without my express permission and then i was like darn we can't start a war and then Cora's like well then i'll just go talk to the fire nation and it's like <laughs> none of that like it just didn't seem like how anybody would ever react to anything general iroh was just like instantly on the side of like jumping into war even though it's like clearly that like the president already disagrees with it and in general i was like well i'm just gonna do it anyway but now that he's giving me an exact order i can't it's like what are you talking about <laughs> like what was the plan like was like he gonna just do it and then deal with like literally probably was, for the, sure getting court-martialed the plan was literally to accidentally stumble upon a northern tribe blockade and start right. fighting them because they were like in their waters accidentally and it's like right <laughs> yeah like so that they would be hostile but yeah they're not even are you even allowed to do that like i totally agree with you sam why does he just arbitrarily start <laughs> when and when not to follow the rules and then it's even his idea for her to go to the fire nation he's like oh, i can't help you like betray my city but like you should go talk to my grandfather <laughs> like, you should go talk to my mom or whoever yeah, i don't even remember you know who loves burning down people and starting wars my grandpa zuko he will be yep. so down for that <laughs> and he's like yeah they were great pals of the avatar so you can go do that and then Cora's like, I need a boat. I'm going to drive myself over to the Fire Nation. Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I feel bad for poor Naga getting left behind to be watched by Bolin. Um, I'd like, she, see, I feel, I don't know. Yeah, get, where did she get the boat? Where did Who? she get the boat? <laughs> I think Varric gave her a boat. I can't. Like, oh, probably. Um, oh, but, Varric. um. Unfortunately for our girl on her mission to um, start, like, continue this war, or at least escalate it, um, she gets attacked by um, the evil twins. 
um, who are basically just Aubrey Plaza. I don't think that the man speaks at any point. Desna, is that his name? Um, I think they quickly realize that he's just like, no one cares. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, it's really just so that she, she's like, she's a twin. <laughs> like, that's why he's there. Yeah. This didn't make any fucking sense to me either. Like, how'd the, they find her? The, literally, the Northern Chief sent them up to Republic City to go get Korra. And Korra is on a speedboat to the Fire Nation. <laughs> How many... Is that, like, hours away? It, it really feels like it should be days. I don't know. But, like, she's driving away from Republic City, like, perpendicular along the latitude line. And it's like, how would they have known? Who tipped them off that Korra was going to the Fire Nation? Who would tell them that? And, like, we we, we haven't seen them since well, the we, beginning of I the episode. I think we know who would snitch on Korra already. Oh. <laughs> And it's like the brother, the brother of an ex boyfriend. Like I totally believe that mm-hmm. they're on yeah. their little jet skis, and I just I don't really understand the nautical um, vehicles in this show. There seem to just be so many different types. <laughs> I'm gonna look up yeah, it's, and- because I'm very confused. <laughs> yeah, like how are they on the like the skis? I guess also are boats. But they, like, abandon them pretty quickly. And it's, like, they seem fine to, like, just waterbend their way back home from there. I, yeah. I hmm. It's it's very bizarre. It's confusing. <laughs> Maybe they're going to ride the giant. literally so far from Republic City. Like, it is. <laughs> what is the timeline of this episode? I don't know. I'm genuinely gen- gen- going to. I'm going to believe it's literally they got to Republic City and as soon as Korra, like, left, they, like, walk up to Mako and he's <laughs> like, oh, shit, people in authority of some kind, I'm just going to tell them whatever they ask me to and they just, <laughs> he just sends them on their way and they just chase her down, I guess. Okay, Mako like- wouldn't even know! <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, <laughs> I don't fucking know. He finds a way to, like, know things about Korra just so he can betray her. He bugged her. <laughs> he would. Dur- during their breakup he was like you're not going anywhere that i won't know about missy <laughs> literally oh ew, i hate him so ew. much <laughs> yeah. mako's over he's canceled he's canceled <laughs> oh sam how's the map situation going you it's seem perturbed it worse, to say the it, least. when i it, i just like i i wasn't really thinking of it in exact terms until i looked at this map but like Republic City is like halfway across the globe from the southern from the North Pole. So like, it, 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 and that that's what the whole first season of the show of Avatar is about. And so like, for them to go on this boat, this random boat that Varric had in the South Pole up to Republic City, would have taken like it had to have taken like a month. Or <laughs> like, right? Like, where was that? What happened on the boat? And then like, Deska and Esna sent like immediately to follow them it didn't feel that way it felt like they were already there and then they were sent up and then like one day later Korra's on a tiny little speedboat over to the Fire Nation make it make sense (laughs) yeah it's tough to like watch this after like Avatar where literally the entire first book is about just how long it takes to get from one end of the world to the other and now we're just like flying (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> we're just zooming this that that way it feels it's giving game of thrones later yes seasons, for sure just i was going to say that too yeah <laughs> just next day teleportation 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> I was but, just impressed when Sam said, like, they were on the latitude. Like, I don't know. I didn't know we had a semen on our <laughs> I knew that since I didn't the first know that day were, we started this I did not podcast. know that Sam was such a semen. I knew that about you know, him. I did row varsity crew for four years, so I do know oh. quite a bit about uh, wow. nautical natures. Nonsense. Wow. <laughs> you could have rowed there in a day. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Because like, yeah. if this world map is accurate... It just seems like the Fire Nation is like a week or two away. Like it seems like it's far. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, hopefully our uh, apparently our main hero is like swallowed up by a giant sea monster at this point. So um, I guess we're gonna find out what has become of our girl of the legend of our eponymous Korra, um, mm. because her her cousins right. Um, seem pretty convinced that she's just a goner. So I guess we'll find out if Me our main too. character is alive next week. Yeah. <laughs> she's drowned. I feel like Eska is like, we better start looking in um, the Earth Nation. For <laughs> yeah. We gotta find a baby. <laughs> and kill that baby. <laughs> but yeah, so what a what a cliffhanger. I, um, we're gagging. We're, we're gooped. Um, and I think... Um, I don't know. Any other thoughts on Peacekeepers, uh, episode five of season two of The Legend of Korra? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. I don't I'm, I'm, I watched the episode twice, and the second time uh, in the monster fighting scene at the end, I just like zoned out by then. I was like, yeah, I know what happens. And it was just like a lot of thrashing. Like, I just heard <laughs> a lot of thrashing. And mm-hmm. um, it was upsetting, and that's all. <laughs> that's those are my final thoughts. That makes yeah, it's an upset. Yeah, an upsetting amount of thrashing. I think is a good yes. sort of tagline for no. this season as a whole. An upsetting <laughs> amount of thrashing. She should not be alive. No, I like <laughs> getting thrown. I like the general mm-hmm. idea that it didn't seem like every scene was just setting up for some fight. Like it seemed like there were. It, they were like going from scene to scene and not, not every single thing had to end with like somebody started fighting somebody else. And I did like the Milo and Tenzin episode or scene or storyline. Um, but I don't think that it logically tracked and it definitely is the worst episode of the season so far for me. <laughs> Cause I was sort of like, what is happening? <laughs> wow. You said you liked the general idea, but you didn't like the idea of going to the general before Sam. So what's true. Right. <laughs> yes. Funny. General. Very funny. accurate. Um, I like the <laughs> concept of it, but the specifics didn't really hold. Um, and it which is too bad because I, I really liked um I felt like in the first four we were both like, hey, like I, it's actually not as bad as I remember. And then in this episode I was like, no, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> actually I proved myself correct. Um but yeah, I agree, you know, not, not a real winner we have here. Um, with episode five um but you know i'm I'm feeling the journey i'm feeling the fantasy this time i think you know just living sailing along like i'm in my own little motorboat on my way to the fire nation um (laughs) but yeah um thank you so much again gabby for joining us as always we love we live we laugh when you're here 
Um, do you want to remind the good people where to find you? Hopefully on Cameo for less than $150 like our boy Bolin. <laughs> no Cameo, no OnlyFans. <laughs> oh. um, but I am on Twitter at <laughs> Gabby Pescuzzi. And I sometimes stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Gabscuzzi, I think. Maybe that's my name. I should probably look that up next time. I think I did this last time too. But thanks for inviting me. It's so fun. And um, yeah, thank you for letting me be the resident um, Cora, the series defender that Mm -hmm. can can hopefully lighten the mood during some of the not so good episodes. Yes. Um, and I, hopefully the next time you're here, we will be talking about an episode we love, which I'm sure we will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're coming out uh, of the dark ages, you know, in a couple yeah. of weeks. I, I think, see, it. I think the second half of season two is actually really good. I like it. I do. I really like it. in here actually that we will be coming up on. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think those are the only episodes that I've only ever watched once. So I don't remember it at all. There's some really good ones. Honestly, I should have been a diva and been like, only put me on for <laughs> blah, blah, blah episode. But, you know, I, unlike Mako, stick with Cora through thick and thin. There you go. That's a good way to be. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Sam, what about oh. you? Where can people find you these days? Hell yeah. Uh, at oh. Sam Sanish on Instagram and Twitter. Um, that's it. That's it. Oh, uh, you can follow this podcast at Better Drew's Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Forgot about that. That you can. Maybe one day we'll get into the Twitch streaming too. Who knows? Um, who do we think is the gamer yeah. of these of the, the the Cora group? Who's on Twitch streaming? I think Mako and Asami both stream. <laughs> hmm. I can see hmm. that. Asami sets up the stream for Cora's like fight. Oh, Cora does sure. like IRL like bending, but Asami is like the tech behind it. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. I think Mako is the one who has like the heated gamer moments. Um maybe I just think that because he's just I want I want to believe he's the most horrible person that ever existed. So um Yeah, <laughs> Mako like rage quits and swears on like live um mm-hmm. voice chat and stuff. Mm-hmm, absolutely uh, <laughs> but you can find me Irene Dierks on Twitter um, you can also follow me uh, on my other podcast with our good friend Christine Palin um, at ShadowplayGaze on Twitter where we talk about the 1997 anime revolutionary girl Utena um, it's a slay, it's a serve it's a yes, it's a wig, it's all of the above um, so check us out there we are almost getting to the end of that show which is really depressing R.I.P. Um, well yeah thank you again so much Gabby for being here Um, and thank you all for listening Um, see you all next week for two episodes right no it's another one we're just doing chapter six okay chapter six okay I'm so ready Um, but yeah Uh, see y'all next week bye thanks Gabby bye